How do you win over industrial buyers? Well, when you think about the specifier being the first person that finds you, they not only need to know about features and benefits of your solution, but they could use third-party validation to support making that important recommendation to their superiors. How do you package that content in the right way to appeal to them and make that shortlist? Well, today I'm joined by David Karen of Industrial Sage, and we discuss how over 50% of B2B industrial buyers are millennial now, and what types of content form factors appeal to this audience. So not only having the right content, again, case studies and published articles and uh, good depth of material, but also the importance of adding video to your content mix. David has some suggestions for um, an easy place to start with video, as well as how to repurpose that investment in up to 12 different pieces of content. David also has great advice for creating video for sales. Let's get going. Welcome to Content Marketing Engineered, your source for building trust and generating demand with technical content. Here is your host, Wendy Covey. Hi, and welcome to Content Marketing Engineered. On each podcast episode, I'll break down an industry trend, challenge, or best practice in marketing to technical audiences. You'll meet colleagues and industry friends of mine who will stop by to tell you their stories along the way. My goal is that you leave each episode feeling inspired and ready to take action. Before we jump in, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, True Marketing. True is a content marketing agency based in beautiful Austin, Texas, and serves companies focused in technical industries. For more information, visit truemarketing.com. And now on with our podcast. Well, today I'm here with David Karen, CMO at Industrial Sage. Thanks for being here, David. Hey, Wendy. Thanks for having me. Before we jump in, tell us a bit about your background in marketing and sales. Definitely. So um, after after high school, I did five and a half years of volunteer work. So most people were uh, my age going to college and doing those things. And uh, I worked with drug addicts and alcoholics uh, around the world. So I lived in Italy, uh, Ireland, and Bosnia. Uh, so just a handful of interesting uh, locations. And I think that's really where I was able to hone uh, maybe that that communication or understanding um, from just a wide variety of cultures and people. Um, and that led me uh, really uh, from a high school love of video and website design and all things digital uh, to be really starting uh, a video uh, marketing agency. So I had that for about five years. Um, and then worked with a variety of startups uh, from uh, B2B to B2C, um, built one startup uh, from uh, zero to 10 million in about 18 months. So a lot of excitement there. Uh, And then uh, a friend of mine started Industrial Sage in 2017, uh, Danny Gonzalez. And uh, that's where uh, things I'd say, uh, maybe started a shift. So December of, of 2019, I came on board as a partner in the organization and industrial sage, uh, is really an, an, an open platform, uh, to engage, uh, industrial professionals, 
Um, and so it, it kind of started uh, with a focus on sales and marketing. And now we've converted it to be a much more open platform, really an ecosystem where anybody in the industrial space uh, can, can find information or publish information uh, and really be a resource for the industry. Had you worked in the industrial space prior to coming on with Industrial Sage? So uh, it's kind of yes and kind of no. So with one of the startups that I worked with, uh, I helped uh, manage a lot of our co-packer relationships. So the co-packers are essentially the manufacturers of different food products for, for the company. And so uh, there's a certain element of industrial in that uh, they're using, you know, giant Hobart mixers and all kinds of other massive uh, tools and pieces of machinery to help efficiently uh, process, whether it's cookies or donuts or muffins, you know, all, all these different products. And so, yes, having an understanding of supply chain and uh, what goes into uh, building a product, you know, it being food, you know, versus you know, maybe uh, a robot, uh, but they kind of follow a lot of the same principles. And so I'd say, yes, I have some background in it, um, but maybe not the same as maybe your, your uh, when people think manufacturing or industrial of things maybe being a little bit more dirty and grimy or hands-on in that sense. Oh, I don't know. I would say food and beverages is a huge part of industrial, particularly when you think about automation and, and you know, like you said, all the processes that go into that. So um, I, I'd say that counts for yeah, sure. It's, it's uh, fascinating when you think through uh, going from a test kitchen where you're producing, you know, maybe a, a couple dozen cookies uh, to then uh, creating a full production line where you're able to produce a uh, hundred thousand cookies in uh, a th in three shifts, you know, in a day. That that that's a fascinating right. part. Absolutely, all the batch processing and all of that. Uh, well, good. Well, I stumbled across Industrial Sage and I it grabbed me. So I uh, immediately lost an hour or two of my life just scrolling through all of your videos and uh, podcast materials. Uh, and of course, as, as my agency, True Marketing, also operates within the industrial space, I found it to be very helpful. So um, I'd love to hear more about um, how Industrial Sage helps engineering organizations and what type of audiences you guys are looking to create content for. Definitely. So uh, Industrial Sage has... Uh... You know, since 2017, been producing weekly episodes on sales and marketing for industrial sales and marketers. So there's a lot of uh, what I'll consider highly uh, niche content that's relevant to uh, the sales and marketing teams within industrial and manufacturing organizations on our website. And uh, what's fascinating about it is that it's not just myself or Danny or one of our uh, other team members pontificating and talking about uh, sales and marketing. And this is what you need to do. Uh, we actually interview uh, thought leaders and marketers from you know, some, some rather large organizations. Um, and we understand the ins or we get the insights from them. So, uh, you know, we've had uh, the CMO from Schneider Electric, 
Um, we've had people from Infor and Sani and Siemens and ABB and Lowe's, uh, Chart Industries, um, you know, the, the list goes on and on. Um, and so you're hearing it from people that are in the weeds, like they're in there, they're doing it. Uh, they're the ones that are on the front lines trying to overcome those challenges. And so uh, that's where Industrial Sage for marketers is extremely valuable. Wow, those are, that's a that's, um, pretty impressive company that you've kept. And I appreciate the fact that you guys are pulling together this very targeted ecosystem. And I myself, when I've come to the Industrial Sage site, have found uh, lost hours in rat holing into these mini interviews and heard and learned uh, quite many things and uh, was happy to also be a guest on, on your show recently as well. So um, you're doing great work. And um, I know you had shared a statistic with me about how the industrial buyer's landscape has changed. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So let's see, I think it was 2015. All right. So five years ago. So take this stat, you know, as you will, but it's over 50% of B2B buyers are millennials. So it's kind of in, in some regard, you hear like, oh my gosh, that's a scary thought. But for me, it's actually exciting because I'm right there on the cusp. I'm not quite a millennial. So, <laughs> you know, I look at millennials like, oh my gosh, sometimes you people. But at the same time, they're do they do things differently. The way they research and uh, decide what is best for an organization is very different. Now, it's not saying that millennials are the only decision maker, Okay. Typically, what you're seeing is that they are very much involved with that buying process. And so they might be the one that initially does the, uh, the beginning of the research and, and outreach. And so they might be uh, told, hey, you need to go find a solution for XYZ problem. Go figure it out. And I need a report on you know, next week on different options that we can do. And where do they go? Well, they don't go to the yellow pages. They don't call the sales rep. They go to the, uh, what did somebody say the other day? The YouTube, you know, they go to YouTube, they go to Google and they start the research there. And they're looking for not just the traditional like product feature slash benefit, but they're also looking for what we call that third party validation. That third-party validation can come in the form of a review or a case study video or case study document um, that's showing how this particular problem was solved by XYZ product slash service. They're looking for that. They need support because a lot of them, they might not have uh, the experience to draw from. And so they need to look and find experience from other people. And so if your organization... Uh, is producing and publishing content that's accessible and searchable through Google or on YouTube or on your website and you have video content and you're explaining how your, your widget works um, and you have case study data to support it. You have those third-party websites that are pointing to you saying, yes, these guys are providing XYZ service and we've seen what they can do and it's amazing. That is all going to influence that, that B2B uh, purchase decision. 
we're seeing the same trend, absolutely, that the millennial buyer tends to be the specifier. And I really like what you said about um, you know, getting in the mindset of how can I support this professional to make the right recommendation, to have the data, to validate this recommendation. So having that case study data, um, having credible sources to lend itself to the recommendation, those are all great, um, great ideas to inspire some content. Uh, for industrial marketers. So, so talking to those marketers, you know, you yourself are responsible for marketing for industrial sage, right? And, and essentially you guys are publishers, you know, whether you're creating content through your interviews or through your own expertise, you're publishing content on a, a pretty steady cadence, I see. So tell me about, you know, just some of the first challenges that you face getting started with content marketing and um, how you attack this from a standpoint of types of content and um, how frequently you publish. Yeah. So when we look at uh, the different types of content that we're producing and that cadence that we're producing it at, uh, to a large degree, because we have such a heavy video background, uh, video is where we go first. <laughs> and I think a lot of people that we've talked to in the industry, uh, people end up at video. They don't really start at video. And so we look at video as being uh, an amazing uh, way to capture content. And then from there, we can splice it up. Uh, we can put it into smaller uh, bite-sized pieces and segments and be able to publish those little nuggets of information per se. And so we have that, you know, maybe we call it pillar piece of content. I think that we talk about that uh, quite a bit as as digital marketers as having a pillar piece of content. And so that might be something like mm -hmm. um, our executive series. <coughs> Excuse me, I can't get rid of this tickle. Give a little pause. So our executive series is basically where we interview executives in the industry um, and we get more of their perspective on their life, uh, their experiences, uh, who influences them, the challenges that they've overcome, uh, how they're running their organizations, you know, what they're doing to really change the face of, of the, the industrial marketplace. And from that 20-minute interview, uh, we are able to create a massive amount of content. And so uh, in a given day, uh, we're going to publish from that a single episode that's released on uh, basically Monday morning. Um, you're going to get uh, five to seven uh, little two-minute segments cut out of it. And those, gets, those get published uh, every day for, for a week. And then we also are able to produce um, three to five per day, uh, just quotes from that. So, and those get published out every day for a week. And then we kind of spread them out as the months go on. So you'll see maybe an episode that uh, happened last week. Well, two months from now, you'll see a piece of content again published from it. So we get a lot of, we were able to leverage a lot out of a single episode. Um, and so we look at uh, when it comes to a content strategy is, like I said, that pillar piece of content that uh, has a lot of information, a lot of resources in it that, yes, someone could consume all at once, but 
we then are able to splice it and cut it up into smaller uh, bite-sized pieces that are easier to consume on social media or in emails, things like that, um, over a longer period of time. I mean, wow, one video yielding 12 additional pieces of content. That is a very smart and efficient approach. And I love that um, how you describe it. You have it down to a science where on this day we do this, and then on this day we break it up into these pieces, and then we schedule these things. And so it's it's um, it sounds like a very honed process for you guys. Yeah, we, um, we've been doing it for a while now. Uh, and at first it was, all right, we're just going to, we just need to get out the weekly episode. Please, God, just let this get out. <laughs> you know, it takes a lot of work. <laughs> yes. And then after you do it over and over again and you're, uh, you know, 150 episodes yeah. in, you're like, okay, what if we did something crazy? And this is really was the conversation was we have all these great videos and we publish it out once a week and then they just sit there. Now, sure, they are gathering organic content. We still get traffic from each one. But we kind of sat in this table and we're like, what if we, <laughs> and then did exactly what I just explained. And uh, a couple of the, the team members were like, you're crazy. Like, how are we going to make this sustainable? And so, yeah, at first it was a little bit crazy. We, we had some challenges trying to achieve that objective. And so instead of just saying, this is the way we're going to do it, and this is how it's going to be done, whether you like it or not. We said, no, well, how can we make this more efficient? How can we improve these things? And it was literally this iterative process that uh, we were able to scale the amount of time and effort that it took to deliver all of this content within essentially a week. And you know, mm -hmm. now we're doing, uh, instead of one episode a week, we're doing two episodes, two episodes a week. So oh, wow. it's, <laughs> yeah, that's how much more efficient you can get. And it was, it's a team effort. So uh, we're, one person only can see so much. So it was really having those conversations with the team, like, okay, what's taking you longer? What is like, and then being able to have that discussion and weigh whether uh, the level of effort that's required to be able to accomplish it. Uh, accomplish the task in that specific way was worth it or not. And if it was, well, okay, we need to find time, find time somewhere else. Otherwise it was, okay, let's, yeah. let's improve this and make it better. Great. When, you know, I bet some of our listeners have not yet made any sort of investment in video and everybody wants to do video, but it can be intimidating. Uh, and so what advice do you have given you have a very strong background in video for those marketers out there that just haven't gone there yet and are worried about, say, the amount of money or the equipment it takes, you know, where, what's an easy way to get started? Yeah. So, you know, equipment cost and investment uh, has come down significantly. I mean, we've, we've still, we have a full service video studio with three cameras, a switcher, you know, lights. I mean, it's, it's literally a professional studio. Um, and so that's, you know, six figure investment. Okay. Locked in into that. And so uh, you don't start there. <laughs> okay. You don't start there. Right. And, and even, Buying the $1,000 camera and things like that or several thousand dollar cameras it, is not the place to start. The place you start 
is with uh, most people have an iPhone, okay? And uh, the front camera, the front facing camera is uh, 720p, which is not quite HD, but it is looks beautiful online. That's the place you start. You start there in a, a quiet room uh, with some decent lights, uh, lighting, and it could just be natural light. Um, I think we have some different tips on our website on uh, ways to get started with, with video yourself. But that's really... That's really where oh, it great. is. You start there. You start simple because, yes, there's a certain element with production value um, that we pride ourselves with, but you don't have to start there. So you start simple. You start by just getting that first video done. And trust me, I'm a perfectionist. Okay. I will try and film the same video over and over again until I get it right. Sometimes you can't afford, like, sometimes you just need to get it out. Like we need to get the content out there. So if you're if you're looking just to get started, that's what I would say. That's the baby step. Um, if your organization has some capital, where they have a strategy, they say we need to use video. We have we want to be able to create uh, content that our sales team can use. And this is where I think everybody should start. Quite frankly, is with their sales team. You sit down. Uh, one of your top sales reps, and uh, you ask them, what are the 10 questions you get asked all the time that you'd love to be able to have a canned answer for that would you know, help you be much more efficient with your time? You get those 10 questions, you get them on camera. It's either with an iPhone um, or you rent some gear or you hire a production company to, to have a much more polished look. But that's where you start, because when you have content, it's also going to be the fastest way for you to realize, say, that that ROI from producing the video in the first place. So when you're able to get the video done and it's a one and a half minute answer and the sales rep sends it out to the prospect that has the question and then you can see how much the prospect watched. Did they click on the call to action afterwards? You know, are they engaging? You can actually see that in your sales process, um, and you're, that's the I think the best way to be able to say yes, video is what we need for our organization. This is how we're testing it out, and wow, we can actually track this, and it's beautiful. You know, you anticipated my next question. I was going to say for marketers who are already um, invested heavily in blogging, let's say, in written content, how would you balance that versus video versus maybe podcast? Yeah, for sure. So uh, podcasts are great. I love podcasts because uh, depending on which episode you're, which one you're listening to, they're 15 minutes or they're an hour, they're easy to consume. So I think from that perspective, you got to have a podcast. I love, I love them. Um, what we'll do is we'll, we'll actually record the video first and then we'll create a blog article. <laughs> so you're, mm-hmm. you're there again, leveraging what you uh, just invested into the video. And now you have a blog article that isn't a, a direct transcription from it, but it's a, it's my, maybe taking the three main bullet points and you have a couple paragraphs about each one. And wow, and then that can even reference the main video, you know, things like that. So you're getting some linking between different resources and things like that. So the Google magic right yep, there. Yeah, exactly. 
One piece of Google magic, of course. Uh, well, good. Well, uh, if marketers or salespeople listening would like to learn more about Industrial Sage and um, join your community, where's the best place? So to do the best that? place is industrialsage.com. Um, and like it really, this is an open invitation. Okay. Uh, we've, Wendy, we've had you to, on the podcast. We want to have anyone come on the podcast. You know, it's really, um, how can we help you, uh, get your message out there in front of more people? Well, we're an open platform to allow you to do that. So, and you know, open, there's some things that are paid, but there's a lot of things that are not paid. And that's the resource, you know, industrialsage.com. You can find us on all the different social channels as well. Um, but I'd, I'd start at industrialsage.com to get a, a good flavor of everything that's that's going on. Great. Thank you so much. And any parting advice or pieces of wisdom for our listeners that we didn't cover? Well, I think that you know, the, in the times that we're in right now, there's a lot of things changing. And I think we could say that uh, three months ago and six months ago. And so nobody knows what the future is going to hold. So the one thing you can do is invest in the future. So start with that content, start producing that video. Um, if you can't get your full organization to buy in for a full investment, you know, prove it out yourself. There's a certain amount of grit that's necessary. And there's a great TED talk that talks about the most successful people uh, in the world. Uh, the one trait that they all have is grit. Okay. If you have the grit, you're going to be successful. It's that relentless pursuit of the objective that you're trying to achieve. Go for it. There's no reason not to. Nothing is in place uh, to stop you. you know, so have the grit. Go get it. Visit contentmarketingengineer.com for notes and resources from today's episode. While there, you can subscribe to my blog, which will keep you up to date on new episodes and other resources for building trust and growing your business with technical content. Thanks and have a great day.